Hey guys, welcome back to Fearless as Fuck the Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lauren. Still getting used to not having headphones on today, so I feel a little weird. I feel like I'm almost not recording, but this is going to be a fake mic, fake headphones. With the way this morning's gone, this is very on brand, but very excited. <laughs> I wish we had had everything recorded leading up to this, but very excited to have my friend Elijah back on the podcast today. Thanks welcome. for having me back. Of course, That's... we were actually really excited because... We got you in here last minute, and the reason why was because somebody canceled, but Elijah texted me, like, what was it, like, a few nights ago, and it was really funny because it was one of those text messages. Wait, hold on. Let's, let's, let's tell the truth here. <laughs> Not a few nights ago, I texted you. Here we you. go. I'm already lying. Wait a second. <laughs> let's just put this live. When did I text you? When did I actually text you? The first time? I don't even know. It was like a month ago. Oh, Sorry to interrupt your... It was right after we filmed the first episode of uh, the first, like, portion of this. And then what happened? And then I told you... <laughs> I told you I was going to look at my calendar and give you some dates to come back. And what did I reply? You said... Yay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out of excitement. Out yeah. of pure, pure, genuine excitement. And then what happened? <laughs> and then... I got a text message that said, um, hold on, let's bring it up. This was a few nights ago, let's folks. Bring let's, let's bring, let's up, the bring up the receipts. Might this well. is now a few nights ago. Hold, hold, please. It says, in quotes, sends you some dates today, dot, 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 30 days later. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, it's been a month. And this is what happens when I go into crisis mode and I just say fuck it to all of my text messages. I know I'm not the only one that gets overwhelmed and starts ignoring every single fucking text message and DM that comes through their phone. It's, I can't be the only one. It's so ironic just because. <laughs> the sass like, right now. <laughs> I hear it all the time. All the time. Especially like generate like this generation. Like you need to communicate. This generation. We need to be better at communicating with each other <laughs> see i feel like i oh my god is this an intervention <laughs> yeah well okay i will say i will say this is a great topic to talk about actually because when you and this is not an excuse but like when you do for me personally when i get overwhelmed i tend to shut off like completely what i oh yeah yeah, like when I burn the candle at both ends or when I overdo things or when I just over like I like get self-sacrificial where I do too much for other people and forget to like do my own thing. It starts taking a toll on my personal work, my connections and communication, everything. And I've noticed when I get really stressed out and when I get into that like tunnel where I'm used to only helping myself and not asking for help, I get so overwhelmed. I shut off and I'm like. I'm just going to forget about every single to-do list I have and make – in my mind, it'll just go away if I just, like, kind of not focus on it rather than, like, take a look at what I need to do on my task list and just tackle everything one at a time. But my feeling of overwhelm gets so crazy that Amber could send me a text message through, like, the fearless chat and be like, hey, this, this, this needs to be done. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God, I have not got my head on straight all week. This is just another thing. And, ah, run away. <laughs> Or I'll say something like that to you, and in the moment, I have, um, I'm like, I need to get you dates, but I'm 
busy doing so many things that I forget rather than just taking a second and like focusing on the task at hand and just getting it done, crossing it off the list and moving on. So this has been an ongoing thing I've been trying to learn because it's one of my like weak points for sure. Do you consider that a weak point or is it like one of those things where we haven't really taught each other because I, I feel you like everything you just said on a more serious note, I feel you a hundred percent on that one because I'm such a people pleaser. I, right? Me too. Right. So when it comes to situations to where like I get overwhelmed, so I just go off the grid. Mm. But once again, kind of tying into like, you know, the communication part is like, I won't even tell like my mom. I won't tell my sister. I won't even tell like my best, best, best friend that I'm going off the grid. I'll just go radio silent. Like for how long? Until, until, until my Settles thoughts down. are just settled. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, I wouldn't necessarily, I try my best to not look at it in a negative way as far as going off the grid. But I think you and I are such people pleasers that like when we take time to ourselves, we overwhelm ourselves mm -hmm. because we're trying to please everyone else. Yeah. And then it gets so chaotic up in your head because you're like, I'm still trying to get my own shit together and my own thoughts straight and my own mental health like on point. But I'm still trying to like do all of these other things for so many other people that it you just shut down. Yeah, 100 percent. Definitely. OK, well, I'm glad you can at least relate to that a little bit, but. I but at really least you could send me a text saying BRB. Yeah, B <laughs> I just put like an away message or something. <laughs> AFK or yes. something. What does that mean? Away from keyboard. Oh my god. <laughs> Was that an actual one? Like yes. A oh my away god. Away from keyboard. Someone please help me. AFK. Someone out there. AFK. I remember like ASL. I remember what was BRB. Wait. What was it? <laughs> wait. What was ASL? Well, that wasn't a, an away message. It was like a, a chat room thing. Like, And what did ASL stand for? Age, sex, location. And, now and you didn't know weird. what AFK was? You know what? <laughs> and, and, and now it's kind of weird thinking about it because now with all this fucking like child predatory behavior by so many people and like chat people like tracking people down in chat rooms and stuff, that creeps me the fuck out because it makes me wonder like even back in the day how many people were just pretending to be uh, like – a 16 year old female from Florida in some chat room talking to like other kids, you know? Oh, that gave me the ick. I like, I, when it comes to, oh, like when it comes to, like I'm already getting like, I'm getting riled up. Not sure if it's the coffee, but when it comes to child pornography, uh, pedophiles, trafficking, like you are now stepping into like my world. And what I mean by that is I had the privilege of doing that kind of like that kind of prevention work in the military. I didn't know that. There we go. And then wow. it it not only humbles you, but with the things that I was, you know, able to do, it it angers you so much to where I'm not gonna lie, like it it changed me. Mm -hmm. Because we're dealing with adults, right? Quote unquote. But when you prey on children, you're, you, that's a sensitive topic for me because, you know, I'm such a family person with a lot of like my little cousins, nieces, nephews, whatnot. I'm surrounded and like I love kids, but to prey on them because of how vulnerable they are, I take that 
I take that shit personal. It takes a very weak individual to 100%. prey on a child. We're, uh, there was one time there was a Costco over at um, like right across Red Rock Hotel Casinos like, uh, in Summerlin. So I think with, the, with that type of training that I got, I, I could spot traffickers from a mile away. And then based on just awareness and so forth, there's this interesting group, I'll say. And then spotted the car, spotted the pickup car outside, so forth. And I was just kind of just watching their movement. And you could tell, like, it's like an older lady just instead of there's a difference between like people watching and like praying, right? Mm-hmm. Praying and like trying to prey on someone, right? So this lady is just literally looking at every person that's coming out exit exit in costco whatever right but i'm noticing when i'm looking at her body language the only people she's looking at getting out are kids legitimately and that was like the oh hell no like i know what i know what what's going on so the as soon as i picked that up because like her partner was like around a pillar doing the same thing and it's pretty like they're texting each other and like it's usually like it's it's not a solo operation is what you're saying absolutely not mm-hmm. never is never is i was gonna say because this is probably good information to put out there of like what to look out for because i don't think this is normal information that a random civilian would just like look out for i'm on my phone leaving costco i'm like not paying attention and now you have parents who have little kids who probably might not be looking for these kinds of things right or not aware that you know what's going on around them. It's it's, I could give some. I could definitely give some pointers out, and then that when it comes to trafficking or just being a v- possible victim of it, situational awareness is hands down number one. And what I mean by that is kind of going back to what you were saying when it comes to the whole phone situation. That is, it's so much easier for traffickers to pick up something just because they know you're going to be just distracted gl- you're just distraction and all they have to do is just wait for that opportunity right so it could be something as easy as like you know when you're going to target when you go to that row pay attention to who's going in and out of that row it's it's simple it is and then when you go to the next row or whatever or wherever you're going if you notice that the same person has now been in four of the six rows you've been to what's going on yeah that's you just have to be aware of your surroundings it is that situational awareness that's really really crucial so what happened at the costco so when with that so immediately the moment i picked up what was happening i (laughs) shouldn't have done this but (laughs) i'm gonna do it anyways i looked for the pickup car looked for the pickup car and then i actually found the car with two individuals in there and just once again i'm just i'm just watching it's just like if if this whole group is together and luckily enough like i called the authorities called metro so forth told them what was going on and luckily like they made the arrest because one guy had a warrant out for his arrest right mm-hmm. this is where things get more interesting and then by the time they made the arrest and so forth, because obviously you can't 
you can't just call you can't just call authorities and be like hey you're doing something fishy right. blah 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 like literally as soon as metro came up one of the officers knew like that guy looks familiar had a warrant for his arrest and then long story short by the time they made the arrest all six people that were part of that like that group were known for trafficking children that's terrifying it's 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 painful it's it's very very painful so for anyone who has like you don't even have to be a parent if you're just around kids in general it it's painful and it's it's a market that's only getting worse i think it's hard for people to compartmentalize what's really going on too because you know like sound of freedom just came out i actually have not seen it yet have you seen it oh did you see it yo yes i okay, I, have, I, I have questions because i i need to see it i think everybody needs to go see that movie but i i say that because i don't think people are it's like cognitive dissonance like you don't want to believe something so horrendous can be going on so right in front of your face and so much and things like that are bringing it to light that it's happening more and more and more and isn't it like one of the top grossing industries in the world 100 percent. yeah and th that to me is like really hard to wrap my my head around but that's that's the whole idea of wh why it needs to be talked about more it's really hard to stomach but it's it's not okay and it's not it's it's scary what's going on my advice to anyone who's watching sound of freedom is you need to go into that theater with an open mind uh it's going to be a little bit different for me just because you know i had i was able to work in that particular field but when you go into this movie don't go into it look like looking in the political side of things don't look at it anything else but just watch straight, the movie just watch it because anytime i talk about trafficking or anytime that top topic comes up it's a topic where I can already tell that it's throwing you off. It's a hot spot. Because, mm -hmm. one, you don't know what it is. It, you're going, a lot of people will go based on just hu the, word, the two words, human trafficking. But they don't, they get so thrown off because like, well, what is it really? Like, what does that mean exactly? Right. So when you go, when you watch this movie, it is going to slap you in reality as far as what it is. Like, mm -hmm. I I usually am not the type to really promote movies because obviously everyone's going to have their different tastes. But when it comes to that particular movie, if it it is a perfect movie to, as far as awareness is concerned. I'll leave it at that. That makes sense. How would you describe human trafficking to somebody who's never heard that word before? Or not never heard that word before, but how would you describe human trafficking to somebody who might not understand what that truly means? Man, that... Is that broad? It's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Because it really is heartbreaking. Because you got to realize that, you know, especially if it's children, they get kidnapped. You know what I'm saying? So you have situations where if I were to backtrack say if we're say if me and my team were able to save a victim or whatever and say we backtrack the child as far as where they're from they're like somewhere in like you know honduras maybe somewhere in mexico you know could be in europe you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but then when the the saddest part is just how quick these kids can get you know transported well, right. like, y you could be in Europe one day. In two days, you'll be back in 
you know, in the United States. You could be here in Vegas. It's that quick. That's terrifying. It's sad. Yeah. And it's it's even more gut-wrenching to where, remember, as a child, like, you're so vulnerable, and then it gets to a point where they children can pick up, like, oh, shit, like, this is my life. You know what I'm saying? So you get groomed 100 percent yeah you're you're very um you know impressionable and when you start not knowing any better and you just like you said it becomes your life and you, that you almost adjust right I, I mean i know that sounds really weird to say but it's con it's grooming because that fear is now instilled in you yeah like it is like you are now working yeah. and if you don't get this is your life yep and it is I think one of the most gruesome things about child trafficking, um, they said the statistics have actually showed this in the movie, which is something I've known for like the past six years. So I'm assuming that th that number has gotten worse when it comes to like African American slavery as a whole, it's like for the years it's been here in the states. So as like Native American slavery and so forth, when you combine those numbers together it doesn't even scratch the surface as far as how many actual slaves are in human trafficking, mm. which a majority of them are children. Yeah. And then it it becomes even more, more darker when you start realizing that some of the victims that, you know, you save could be 16 years old. Let this next part sink in. By the time we get like an interpreter, try to help them out or just trying to figure out like what's going on you start to realize that, yo, this kid has been doing this for eight to 10 years. So you backtrack, simple math. It's like, you, like it's, 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 heart, it's heartbreaking. Like my heart is like racing right now. It's not yeah. even the coffee. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it sounds like, cause I didn't even know that part about your background in the military too. And like having to do those things, um, you know, overseas um that tied in with everything else that you had brought up last time on the podcast and for those of you who are listening now who haven't listened to elijah and i's first podcast i encourage you to go back and listen to it but elijah shared with us that his unit of 15 15 there's been a significant amount of them who have committed suicide and within the last what it's only been six years five i was gonna say five or six yeah. years and i mean we're in single digits now yeah and it it's 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 wild because like from the last time that we talked to where we're at this very second i want to say what what's it friday 24th. yeah about three weeks ago another teammate of mine hung himself and it's such it's like i i I can't even find words right now as far as how I feel because I do not know. I like, I do not know how to cope. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things where I hear the news, suck it the fuck up, and that toxic rabbit hole comes in where I'm just like, okay, who's next? You know? And that's hard to not get out of your, to get out of your head and not think that when you've had so many and you're not the only veteran who has had to experience this amount of loss you know and it's really sad that it's so significant and i'm sure that at a point 
you know, you're trying to develop these coping skills, but you do get numb. So how do you check in on yourself and how do you process all of these things when you've seen so much hardship, you've seen so much pain, you've seen so much, you know, bad things in your life? I do everything in my power. Like legitimately, it exhausts me because it's a daily thing to where I know how upset they would be if I did it to myself. Right. So once again, I, I, I commit every ounce of energy to just live my life every day through like doing it for them. So besides therapy, besides hanging out with like, you know, quality, quality people, my, my, my other therapy is like me working out. Yeah. That's your outlet. That is like my outlet. And it's like, I stopped lifting like heavy and I just started focusing more on like endurance style, like workouts. And that's where I just, I become, a, I just become a, a beast, like an evil beast because I'm the type where I, when, when I work out in my garage and I do my endurance hits and so forth, I'm like screaming. I, it's not even just any kind of screaming. Like there have been moments where like I'll break down during the middle of a set and just start crying. But that's good though, to some degree. You know what and I mean? A, yeah. In, in it's a, good to feel something when yes. you are feeling numb. Like getting, because also, this is just my personal opinion, like getting stuck in that numb space is also very dangerous. Of not yes. feeling, of not knowing how to emote, of not knowing how to release anything. Because if you bottle all that shit up, it it comes out. It does come out. And at least you can release it in a way where you're getting your body moving. And maybe you're releasing that stored, that stored trauma because it is stored in your physical body as well. So as much as it might hurt, it's probably better that you get it out in some way, you know? Yeah, that, that's, that is my way. Mm -hmm. Like when it, and it's, it's just, I'm at that point now where I feel so hopeless because you, the, you know, that mask that you have to put on that the mask that you want everyone to think that this is who like I am, this is who you are, et cetera, et cetera. Yo, like it has gotten so heavy to her when I wake up, I'm just like, fuck this, dude. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to put, I don't even want to put this mask on. <coughs> Excuse me. But at the same time, I don't want, I don't know, uh, I don't even know how this is going to come out, but I don't want people to know the real truth behind what's really tearing me apart. Why do you think you don't want people to know the truth? Do you think it's internal or do you think that you'll feel judged for it? Is there any kind of like connotation with that? That's something I, that's something I have brought up to my therapist coincidentally like recently and that's kind of like a subject we are attacking. Mm -hmm. But I think if I were to answer that question now respectfully, I believe it's internally. Yeah. Because it might be just some kind of protection self, you know, you're guarded, maybe. Yeah, it kind of goes back to, you know, you text people and they don't text back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and oh, like, like you what? know what I'm saying? What? Like, you know, you don't want to go, you know, <laughs> and maybe that maybe it comes a little situation like it. People are people will get busy. Right. And especially when you have 
the privilege of trying to get to know people and they put you in like their their safe space right when you understand how people are starting to get busier and busier that it like it forces you mm. to be in that position like yo get your shit together get your shit together yeah period so losing another teammate of mine it's i've i've accepted that this is just these are just the consequences that we go through as far as what we decide to do when we put on that uniform right it's a band of brothers that anyone that's been in that uniform can attest to it that you can you will never ever ever find a replacement for those people ever yeah right it's, like, it's one in a million and there's it's, no there's no replicating that no no i i <laughs> yeah just it, it's been it's been tough lately uh it it's, it's actually been extremely tough i haven't me personally like being more in the vulnerable state i honestly haven't really cried this much in a very long time very do you feel like it's cathartic at all do you feel like it feels good to like let it out or is it is it overwhelming um i'm gonna say it's just overwhelming yeah it's just overwhelming because i tried not to get into this whole rabbit hole of like well shit what the fuck do i do now Mm -hmm. what can i do now and i start i I think it's a toxic, toxic thought process when I start going to like, well, if this is happening, I don't think I'm going to be able to like, I, I start limiting myself and then I become a Kermit and I just go off the grid completely because I, I think sooner or late, actually pretty soon, like I'm, I'm going to just completely go off the grid like just be away from society and like live off the grid pretty much so what my therapist told me was maybe you should just consider getting off your phone it's like smaller steps it's so right it's so simple (laughs) before you disappear into the abyss the, the moment she said that tell me why i got so defensive and was like what do you mean What do you mean? The, the, the work is the, the work is important. I can't just go off the grid and like just leave. But she See, maybe that's a good realization though is like pointing that out to you because it's like, do you would you really want to do that or is that a defense mechanism telling you I'm gonna run away from everything? No, she what she, in all seriousness, what she <laughs> the point was was that ever since I got out of the military, I've been chasing. I've been chasing this quote-unquote life that I've always wanted by by just trying to get, you know, trying to peace, please people. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just that. Mm-hmm. That's just in my DNA, apparently. But I have never, never had that part of my life where I just focus strictly on me. 
and that was gut-wrenching. And she even stated that, you know, this is not even just you being in the military. Like, in, like you in the this military. This character things. Yeah, this mm-hmm. you in the military, like, you felt like you were a part of something bigger than yourself. And you had a band of brothers and sisters that you could share that moment with. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we got into it. Was, so she brings me back to these memories that I had in the military. And then she'll stop and goes, you notice how your tone of voice, your body language, everything has just changed because that's when you were happy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm happy now. Lies <laughs> to my therapist's face. Yes, you're sitting I'm, and you're sinking down I'm, in your chair. I'm happy. <laughs> Tears are coming down, like I'm snot's so, coming I'm down so my happy. nose. I'm like, I'm happy. And and it's crazy that she, she when she brought up like, well, let's think about those those particular memories, especially when you went overseas or whatever. Did you ever have your phone with you? I was like, oh shit, <laughs> no. <laughs> That 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 was the mic drop for me. Yeah. It's in those simple things, too, that I think people who are not even related to the military can really get something very important out of what you just said. Because if you can identify where you were your most happiest and like those reasons and want to get back to that person and then identify what in your life right now is maybe adding to the complete opposite, it's a really good way to start like picking those things apart. And I only say that because my therapist has said the same things to me. And so obviously a different way, I'm not in the military or anything, but over the last year, I became pretty unhappy. And I've been at a peak where I was my most happy. And I started realizing that there were things in my life that were weighing on me that were keeping me from being my best version. Mm. One of them is working in the industry. Sorry to any of my industry friends that are listening. I've made great friends in the industry. I'm thankful for my job. I've had great experiences that like will last me a lifetime. So I don't regret it at all. But the thing about it is it's not aligning with what I'm trying to do right now. And it is completely wiping me out energetically. So oh, I felt that one. I, right. So not that it's oh. a bad job. Working in the industry in Las Vegas has been fucking incredible. However, it's not aligning with what I want to do right now. And with my fitness career, it's throwing my sleep schedules off. My cortisol is high. My stress is fucking through the roof. I'm anxious. And I'm like, okay. And so I compare it. I did a little comparison. This last year for prep for Worlds, I was working in the industry hardcore. The, and I did not do well. Like my prep did not go well. The year before, it was the most incredible I've ever felt. I was that happy. Like I had everything person. I'm like, what? is the one fucking thing that was different. Actually, there were two things. One, I was focusing on myself and I was dealing with my healing. I was not in a relationship because I was not ready yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew it back then. So I was really diving into pouring into my own healing and my own self-development. And number two, I was not overworking myself to death. Yes, I was working a lot, but I was not in the industry. And this past year, I wound up in a relationship and what I've realized is probably too soon and I had some own some of my own healing that was not done yet and it was having an overflow effect. Mm. Not, nobody's fault here. I mean, we both had our own share of issues, but I do, I can recognize from my side that I was not done healing and I got into it too quick. And then I was working doubles on the weekends and my stress was through the roof on so many ends. So I say that to like dive back into, I'm really having to pick apart 
and audit like the things that are causing me more stress. And maybe that's spending less time on my phone. For me, maybe that is actually putting a time limit on the industry because I need to get out of it to, you know, for my for my greater good. For you, maybe it is taking away some things that are causing extra stress that might add on to like you processing maybe some sad emotions. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? One hundred. Yeah. I don't mean to like I, compare no, the I've, two like completely because they're so different. But, but, but there is an understanding yes. as far as the whole. I want to say trying to find your inner peace by reconnecting with quality people. Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. Wow. Yo. <laughs> yes. What just happened? <laughs> Holy moly. Yes, that one. So yeah. it, it, it's been crazy because I've been slowly kind of coming out of like my shell because I'm not going to, I'll be straight up honest with everyone. The past I want to say week and a half, my suicidal thoughts have become extremely severe. We're talking, we're talking not to, you know, trigger anyone, mm. but we're talking more as far as like, I'm like on the tippy toe, like I'm like on the edge of like just going back into premeditating mode mm-hmm. because of it's everything is so overwhelming for me personally to where I'm starting to even notice that, and like when I, when I do like my my workouts, I can feel the violence just coming out. Instead of kind of like what we were talking about earlier about that feel good, mm-hmm. there have been times there have been times lately where after I work out, I'm just fucking angry. You know what Does I'm saying? Does something trigger it specifically, or is it just something that is coming up for you randomly? I think the hardest part is that it is random. Mm. and I think the frustration between like I can't control it and it's just like raging is where it gets bad to where I would have to text you know someone just to let them know I'm okay Mm. right so even driving home I'm just like fuck this I can just fucking you know I'll get into like really 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 dark and it it like thoughts and it's been like that for a while i want to say a while but longer than it should be how do you fight it oh man i can't as of right now i cannot answer that honestly mm. in respect to like you know everyone else who's who's listening or watching this and who's going through it because I'm the type where if I'm going to answer your question, I'm going to answer it wholeheartedly, right? And with truth. So fighting it. Actually, I'll put it this way. Me fighting it right now is that I'm still here. It could have been could have been two, two nights ago. It could have been, you know, a week ago, right? But the, I think the most, most simplest way for me to, like, answer that question is that I'm still here. So... Regardless of the pain, regardless of the emotions that are going through my soul, like, each second, I'm still here. Do you find there's any point in your day where you find peace? No. At all? At all. Like, at all. So, that kind of ties into the whole, like, my my goal now has totally changed as far as 
not just not just career or whatever, but just as an overall goal is going off the grid and just primarily focusing on my piece. Mm-hmm. Cause it's crazy how like when you ask me that question, I try to hold it like everything in. I know I felt it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, I, I, went, I, was, I went to straight T-Rex mode and I was like, <laughs> I, I asked that because I wonder, you know, would isolation like that make you feel worse? It. So my therapist made it very clear. Like when you're going off the grid, don't stay at home. Like mm. you need to be your out in nature. You, you need, need to, to be your proactive self like you used to be back mm. then. Don't. And then. She was like, don't chase that person that used to be in the military or whatever. They don't exist anymore. Like, that person does not exist. But what you need to chase is that feeling. Because when it comes to feelings, also mind-blowing when I got told this. Like, when you have these certain feelings, regardless if it's trauma or whatever, you will remember those feelings forever. Right? And I was like, oh. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, stay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, think so, about it. when they ask you to like, if you if you have a really good memory of something, and I can remember, I can tell you what it smelled like. I can tell you like what it looked like, how what the air felt like. Like when you have memories like that, you can literally pick apart. Like, I remember what perfume I was wearing. Like oh. what music was playing in the background. Like depend. I mean, obviously, this is not talking like a military situation, but like. Say you had a good memory of like a really amazing experience with somebody that was really close to you, like the song. Like that's why song, like music, has such meaning. They stick with you. Experiences stick with you. The environment sticks with you, and that's your feeling about it. So if you can really go back to like when you were your happiest and pick apart every single little bit of that essence of that moment, that's what you chase, not the person. Not the person you were, not the person you were with. You chased the feeling that you had. Oh, <laughs> yo, yes, I'm the, yo, yo, yes, <laughs> with the hot dog on the back. Oh my god, we're not I know gonna get this reference, and it's so fucking funny. <laughs> but uh, it's why are they talking about a fucking hot dog? Long Stay story. Tuned. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find out later. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and lately the past past few days, like I've been really getting into that preparation of what I wanna accomplish when I go off the grid. Mm. It's and not like this is a off the grid with a no timeline. Until I am feeling feeling like myself again because i remember the times where i was just so outgoing i feel like you're outgoing now i am but there i think the difference with that one is that when people meet me or they hang out with me it's always like this guy's outgoing as fuck yeah right but the truth behind it is that's just the mask i put on Mm. you know what i'm saying where Back back then, the outgoing me would come home like that was a great night. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't have to take my mask off or whatever because that who that was who I was. Right. Right. Because I was at peace. I see what you're saying. Where you meet me now, 
even though like we we can have like all our inside jokes and so forth but the reality for me is when I get home. Because you're still depressive, still 100%. anxious, still feeling suicidal. 100%. Besides all of the happiness. And that's something I think that's really important to remember about people is because you really don't know what they're going through. And not everyone like is like you and they won't share everything. You know what I mean? Some people really store these emotions inside and will not tell you that they're struggling. Most men will not tell you that they're struggling. A lot of females won't even tell you that they're struggling, but mostly a lot of men will not. It's the stigma. Yeah. And it's also really tricky, too, because you do have people who utilize tactics, which is really fucked up um, with stuff like that. They don't really mean it, and they do it for attention. Uh, And I hate to say it. You're 100% right, though. I, I, it's, it's like, that's a very triggering thing to talk about, but, um, it's, oh, man. You never want to, and this is the people pleaser in me, because I, I've, I've had boyfriends in high school do this to me, like, threaten suicide for attention. You know what I mean? And I, Oh man, it's 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 really tough because this is like episode three. You know what I'm saying? Like we're we're about to come back to this podcast together. Well, this. it's it's a really it's really sensitive to talk about that. It is here. I'm sitting with somebody who has struggles and has reasons and you know experiences that have led him to feeling like this, and is actually taking the route of being open and sharing in hopes of normalizing like what you've gone through. But then you also have people who are a little unstable or young and not thinking straight and just want to grab attention grab, you know, and that's a really hard, like, it's a really hard thing to deal with because if you experience somebody who's done it for attention and just done it to like piss you off and then you experience it with someone who is really experiencing it, it's, um, it's like, it's a bit of a mind fuck. It is because because I think that trauma got built up to where, like, are you fucking with me? Or well, yeah, because then you, exp- then you realize there's people who actually experience this stuff in real time. I've never mm. – I've ne- and I only say this because I will never understand what it's like to feel like you feel. I will never understand. I can empathize with you, and I can feel for you, and it breaks my fucking heart into a million pieces. But I'll never truly understand what it's like to live in your shoes. But I would rather have you – I would rather have you know that at least I'm doing what I have to do to get better. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. that kind of goes into anyone that's ki- that's going through anything. And as long as you could show your partner or your friends that you are doing what you need to do to take care of your mental health and so forth – Regardless if you don't understand, because same thing, vice versa. Your trauma, and so, like your traumas, I will never – I could use my imagination. Like I'm like I'm great at imagining, right? But as, as far as that feeling towards it, as far as understanding it, I would never, ever understand it. But if we're partners, it would be one of those things where like, hey, you've been through some shit, but I know you're taking care of it. Like I'm here to support it. And that's the thing. And you'll never you'll never be a burden to somebody when you're taking care of oh, the irony behind that word. <laughs> yeah. But you will never be a burden to somebody if you're doing your part. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. 
if you're taking the steps to talk to somebody, not just your partner, but you're taking the steps to like go get yourself help, um, you know, analyze yourself, like go to a therapist, go to a counselor, join a group, join a men's group or a women's group. You know, you're, you're doing stuff to better yourself and like figure out your situation. I don't think you could be a burden to somebody. And I know people do feel like maybe if I speak up, I'm going to be too much, you know? And like, and and I know that people don't want to burden people with their shit. Sometimes there's been a lot of times, even for me, I'm like, my shit's not even that bad. But I'm like, fuck, I don't want to dump it on my friends because like, they've heard it, like they've heard me, but it's not. You know what? You you know know what's crazy about that though is I I I go into that rabbit hole about like, man, I'm feeling like shit, but I remember the homies. And family members told me, like, hey, if I'm feeling like shit, reach out, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I reach out, I'm like, you guys have heard this before. Yeah. Um, I'm back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm back, at the, I'm ba- I'm back in this shit hole. Um, but you're, but I'm you're, just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're coming back with things to say that you're doing, you're like, hey, I'm doing this, and I, I need assistance, I need help. It comes off a lot differently. Like, I'll break it down to even maybe a little bit easier digestible situation. Um, I was with my toxic ex for a really, really, really long time, and my friends started getting really sick of me. I don't like this guy. And I we've never gotten into, like, all I've heard was <laughs> toxic ex. Yeah. But every time this, this I, I don't even know the name, but every time this, this, those, this name every is time not those two words building. come out, I'm just like, like grabbing the chair already yeah. like <laughs> yeah it was just a talk it was a toxic situation um that i stayed in for too long and was pretty manipulated but um i would experience things over and over again and i wouldn't leave i was also kind of like i feel like i couldn't like i was mm. in a really tough situation and i would tell my friends and i'd complain and i'd be like oh my god and i wouldn't understand and I'd, I'd make up reasons for why things were happening. Damn. I would, I was groomed into just stay, be a ride or die, figure it out. Things are wrong. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm psychotic. Maybe I need therapy. Like, maybe I just wasn't doing enough. Maybe that's why I'm getting cheated on. Like, there's just so many things, right? And so I just kept, my brain was fucked big time. And mind you, half of this was probably from wounds that I grew up with of being a people pleaser and like, being that in that space, but then also being a perfect victim to a narcissist who wants to keep me around and wants to feed off that. But I say this to say, I say that to say this. I, my friend, my best friend, Megan, she'd listen to me all the time. She'd hear me out. She'd be on my side. She'd have my back. She would never talk shit about my ex. She would feel like, okay, well, what, what would you like to do, Christina? You know, and eventually she started getting really sick of it. And I remember the very last time I was ready to leave and she told me, she goes, Christina, if you had stayed this time, I would have lost a lot of respect for you. And I was like, oh, fuck. My best friend. My, and, but that's why she's my best friend. She told me like it is. And I, and I remember I'm like, I know. And I told her, I know. I'm like, I'm ready to go. And, you know, we had discussions later on in life about that. And when someone comes to you with the same problem over and over and over again, but isn't trying to do their part to either get out of it or make it better or like get knowledge to like educate themselves on what's wrong in the situation you start getting frustrated with that friend yeah 
if yep. you're not seeing anything like like oh my god so and so did this again and i'm like oh here we go again like that what, right there yeah here we go again you're just complaining 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 but like what are you doing like are you actively taking steps to at least like help yourself are you actively taking steps to like be more vocal about something there's always I feel like that helps the situation because my friend told me, she's like, you would never be, you were, you were never a burden because each time I felt like you got better. Yes, you were struggling for like, it was like two years. I was going on two years of this, but every, but every time I was, yeah, every time I was getting a little better and better, I I went to therapy. I started learning things. Okay. You know what I mean? Like there were different things. And even my other girlfriend, Alyssa, my other girlfriend, Alyssa, she goes, she told me in the very end, she goes, I can't tell you when you will be ready to leave. But I promise you, you will know when you're ready. And I was like, what the fuck? What does that mean? What, is it? what does this mean? And I understood what it meant in the long run. Because, like, no one can, like, take your arm and drag you out of something terrible. No. But when you're ready and you want to make the jump and you want to make the change and you're ready to not feel shitty anymore, people will help you. Because they will see that you're ready to make that jump. You know what I, I mean? Wow. That. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's all yes. of that. Yes. <laughs> And I, you said that so perfectly just because I, I'm in that prep mode again, just mm-hmm. to kind of go off the grid to where when it comes to the people that are important to me or have so, like that somewhat of importance or whatever, they have my number, right? So when I go into this, you know, off the grid, like inner peace part, that, that, that for me is just my personal decision to go that route because I need to find who I am. Mm. Right. It's a journey that you need to go on. Right. I'm trying to defeat the whole stigma of what it's like to be a man. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, as you could tell, like with the two times I've been here, I've been very open because being vulnerable is pretty important. But, I just need to find that time to myself and just really focus on myself just so I could be the man that I'm supposed to be. The fact that you can even identify that, though, is really big. Bang. Like, right that's hu- yep. that's what I'm talking about, though. This is what I'm just fucking talking about, like, with my own situation. But in yours, yours is very serious when it comes to like, your mental health. But the fact that you are taking initiative is it takes a lot to do that. But I think that everyone does have that inner strength to be able to do that to some degree. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot. It does. Baby it, steps. But you don't ag- have to do it all at once. But acknowledging is our biggest our biggest weapon mm-hmm. as far as trying to get that like, you know, help or whatnot. Because man, when I, I when I fell when I when I got into this deep thought process with my therapist, you know, not just trying to chase to be, you know, happy or be at peace, but like I said, I'm trying to I'm tr- trying to go on this journey to become the man I was supposed to be, mm-hmm. which is to be the, the type who is a gentleman and that goes in every single category. Uh respectful and also being and the last one would be to be protective. And it's so e- it's so simple as far as what those three words mean. But when I go into the when I go into each word as far as like what it means to me, it yo like it's like that drive mm-hmm. because being a gentleman like <laughs> I'm sorry not sorry you cannot find gentlemen's like real real life gentlemen today no period 
because from everything that I've seen from third like third person views with like relationships and so forth, so I'm like, God damn, you're you're a narcissist. Like you're like you know what I'm saying? It's just very rare to find those qualities. Right. It's very rare. But and you do see a lot of pro like I'm I'm glad there's more men who are coming out and doing a lot more workshops, a lot more like camp style educational programs for men who want to better themselves. Because that self development is where you're gonna adopt those qualities again you might not have learned it growing up you might need to find you know a group of men who are all about making themselves better or women whatever it doesn't even, this is not a this is not a female or male thing but like no. it, for, for me it's a personal thing mm-hmm. once again it's it's very personal like if if i'm trying to become the man that i'm supposed to be like that's going to tie into me being the husband i'm supposed to be and that's going to tie into be the father i'm supposed to be but in order to to achieve both being a good husband and a good father i need to be good with who i am mm-hmm. right so when it comes to being like when it comes to being a gentleman or being respectful or being able to protect those three are like dear to me simply because of the fact of it it shouldn't phase people to where say example female whatever and they're just like Oh, like shit! Like he's a gentleman, but then next thing you know, it they're gonna go into like this thought process of like, oh no, he's just like this for now, blah blah blah. But it shouldn't phase me because I know who I am. Exactly. Right. It would only phase you or trigger you if it wasn't your reality. Bang! And that's oh my gosh! Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, think think about it. If anything triggers you about something personal about yourself the only reason you would ever feel triggered is if it wasn't true if somebody said something about you right and wait how, how did i want to say this i like lost my train of thought you can only get triggered by something that makes you feel a certain way about yourself right like if somebody was like um I'm trying to think of a really good example. I like feel like I just fumbled this really bad. <laughs> Amber, I know what she's thinking about now. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Wait. Um, I want to say it, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Hold on, I almost had it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You won't get triggered by something somebody says about you if it's not true. Ooh. Like if someone says something bad about you or an opinion about you, but you knew in your heart that that was not who you were. And it doesn't phase Nothing you. Nothing that they said would phase you. That is so fucking That's what powerful. I was trying to say. <laughs> I got caught up in my words. <laughs> 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 Fuck, I was like, I'm not going to get this one back. But I think that about it. Like, if somebody, so if somebody mentioned something about me being, like, like, even earlier, when we were, like, jokingly about, like, my um, communication skills, I mm. got... I, internally i get a little triggered because that's been a weak point with me in my past and mm-hmm. i'm trying i'm trying to get better at it so i was like oh man like am i really am i really that bad of a communicator like i have my moments but like it it makes me like think have this like internal dialogue with myself right but if somebody was like let's let's give a different example of like if somebody said christina like you're really full of yourself because like you're on social media or you have your podcast and you just talk about this and it was kind of like I heard it in passing that would not phase me that opinion because i know who i am 
and I love exactly who I am and I know why I'm doing things because I know who I am. So their opinion or that projection of whatever that is isn't going to trigger me. Damn. It won't. But you have to be so sure of yourself. Right. Yes. And now let's talk about yes, communication. Yes, I yes. know I might not be a good communicator sometimes, so that's triggering. So I'm like, fuck, that might be right. <laughs> yes. It. Wow. It's. It's so powerful, especially now, to know who you are. Because even if you and I are in this, like, deep conversation and so forth, there's, like, this rabbit hole that I, that I go into. And if people ask, like, do you know who you are? To be honest with you, if I had to answer it right now, I'd say no. I'm trying to find that right now. That is – oh, my God. That is, like, the most exciting part of your journey, though. I like, hope so. No. Until people stop texting me back no. about, <gasps> you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh. We're, we were we were just talking about reaching out for help, motivation, support system, stuff like that. I um I'm excited yeah. though. I, I You I know am. what though? If you Nerve I'm nervous, it, but I am excited. I'll get <laughs> let's look at my calendar. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Fuck. Um why I say that was because I was in that position for a long time where if somebody asked me like, Who are you, Christina? And I had this conversation with my coach because it was back when I like really just identified myself with being a competitor and i i, I latched on to that label when was because this? um the conversation i had with him yes it was about a year ago okay it was after my last world yeah about a year ago and i was like really lost i was frustrated i was angry i was upset i was like not in a good place i'm like how did i lose myself again like all this crap and he's like you need to take a break from competing and i was like oh no no absolutely not and absolutely fucking what not led to that question yeah. well this is what es I'm especially if you knew like how passionate you were yeah of course and i i and i'm like i don't need to take a break and he's like you're you're burnt out you don't even know why you do this anymore he goes, why do you compete and i was like because i love it and he's like you don't love it right now you did not enjoy that prep i'm like well i just didn't enjoy because i this this and this and he's like why do you like to get on stage i'm like well i feel like i need to and he stopped me and i'm like what did i just say and I got caught. I got fucking caught. And it was true. I feel like I have to compete. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But right. like I was in a, I was in a mode where if I didn't compete, I was failing. And that, Ooh. yeah. And then that made me realize that I was tying my identity to being a competitor. Because if I wasn't a competitor, who the fuck was I? And I was like, oh my God, I don't know. And I started sobbing and I'm like, and he goes, and he laughs. I'm like, what the fuck are you laughing at? And he's like, I just, it's you. He's like, now you're, now you're, now your guard's down. Now we can talk. And I was like, holy shit. Like, it just goes to show you how, how you can get so caught up in an identity. You know, who you were in the military. You're not going to find that version of Elijah again exactly. Like you said. Unless you piss me off then. I, <laughs> but I, <laughs> you might be, okay, you might bring back military Elijah, but like you can't go back and get that life back from five years no. ago. You no. know what I mean? And I can't go back and get like who I was from two years ago, who I loved, but I can take that feeling and that essence 
and even make it better. There's there's a there's a version of myself that I haven't met yet. Just like there's a version of yourself that you haven't met yet. And you should be excited to go find that person. I man, I as nervous as I am to go on this journey because kind of stepping away from, you know, the stigma the, the stigma of being a guy is I take full heart like I take with full heart this is my calling that I need to find my inner peace. And mm -hmm. I'm the type where once I'm committed, I'm yeah, I am committed. So that you I'm usually the impulse type where I make impulse decisions, sometimes it'll be bad decisions, stuff like that, whatever, but th th this this my brother who passed away like recently was like that gut wrench of like, mm -hmm. yo, you need to find your peace because you deserve it. Yeah. Right. So as ner once again, as nervous as I am for this journey, I think I think what we all need to step away from is when a person's going through a situation like this, their own journey, trying to find their inner peace. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that is the only time it's okay that person is selfish. I don't think you're wrong. Because it's self that the word selfish has a really negative connotation to it. Yes. But it doesn't have to be. Right. It does not have to be. And that's where I think I'm at myself. As far as like I need to put me first. For a while. And I think that's what's gotten my way over the last like year and a half to uh, no <laughs> last like I would say like five years off and on for sure for different reasons. But when you are a people pleaser, when you are more of that, like everyone before me, I want to look out for everybody, which is an, an incredible quality to have. But if you don't have the balance of boundaries and understanding like where you need to pour back into yourself first, I feel like you can get really drained and then you're left with nothing at some point. You're like. What the fuck do I even do? And right. you don't you don't want to feel like that. You want to be so filled up within yourself and so like solid within your foundation that you'll never have to worry about being a people pleaser because you know how to care for people, but you also know how to care for yourself first. And it's crazy because like I I feel like I see so much in other people and like what their future could look like. And, and this is the Dude, same, same thing way. I'm talking about. Dude, and I way. I have a hard time seeing it for myself. And I have friends like, Christina, do, do you not see your potential? Do you not see what you could do? And I'm like, what? Like, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. But I their visions for me are always bigger than my visions for myself. And I'm like, man, I really need to start seeing myself the way other people see me. And that's how I see you. Like when you're talking about this journey, I'm like, oh my God, I see so much of myself in him where he wants to do this like journey and like really find his inner peace. And I'm like, I could see him giving back so much because you like helping other people. And like when you find your own way, you could like help others and do retreats and you can do this and that. And I'm like, I can just, I can visualize it. But the second you can start visualizing it for yourself is when that like magic happens. And so if you are in a position like us where we always look at others and just see like the magic in other people, mm -hmm. you turn that back around and figure out how you do that journey for yourself. I feel like that is the path to peace and true inner happiness or at least, you know, part of the journey of it. It's being at peace is a mystery, right? We, but I think my therapist was able to paint that general picture as far as where I was at peace. Yeah. Right. So 
Yeah, uh, it's that's that's what I'm committed to. That's something I've I've acknowledged. Um, once again, my suicidal thoughts have been pretty pretty intense to where it's that time for me in my life right now to really step away from society and just focus on me. I, yeah. Like no distractions, stuff like that, and just really surround myself with people that are there to support me. Because that was that was the one thing I always like pushed away. I think we talked about this in the last podcast together. Was why do I still feel alone when I'm surrounded by love? Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's because from what I picked up, I'm just not at peace with myself. It's internal. 100%. Yeah. So, yes, I to answer your question I from... Your name, <laughs> I mentioned your name to anybody, and they're like, oh, my God, I fucking love Elijah. You know, people, so many people message me after I had you on my podcast. And I'm like, you are surrounded by love. So when you, like, dig deep, whatever, and I get it because I felt it. Like, it's all inside. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're right, though, finding that, going on that journey back to inner peace and, like, figuring out what needs to be, like, loved on inside yourself from yourself will be like that internal hug that like you need to give yourself you know what i mean i I fucking need it (laughs) i need it because yeah my mental health plummeting has this has probably been the worst it's been since i premeditated like you know six years ago yeah but then the fact like i was telling you at the beginning was I'm like I'm literally on the edge of just going back into premeditating mode, and that's that's something I'm trying to prevent. Yeah, we're not going there. I no. Yeah, can't. we won't let you. I'm excited to follow along your journey with this, and I feel like we should kind of keep up an up like a what's the word I'm looking for, like tabs on it, and maybe that'll even like help you have a purpose even bigger than yourself maybe we should continue texting each other that that'll <laughs> yes 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 i'm gonna work on my uh we have a support group. Oh. i'm gonna put you and amber in a chat with me oh <laughs> yo that's so bad because if that happens it's- i'm so i'm i ladies and gentlemen like i am blessed to have unlimited talking text oh because this, this was back in the day <laughs> yo you would have to wait till after 9 p.m t- you would have to wait till after 9 p.m to hear from me because you, that's when it was free fucking going up yeah I, i'm excited <laughs> okay we'll start oh god oh I'll, I'll tell you right now if you put us three in a group chat i have to Put the disclaimer. I have to put it on do not disturb. I, because I know I will if too. It's, I'm, I'm going to wake up to 27,000 messages. Me, 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 me. <laughs> I love oh. it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. See, yeah, I want this. This energy stays. It fucking stays. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing everything. It's, it's very refreshing. And I'm still even trying to practice understanding how to absorb someone's pain um without uh, without understanding it and i think that's really um important for people to like maybe take note of um you don't ever have to truly understand someone's pain to empathize and to be there 
Um, and sometimes it just takes you sitting quietly and listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought I had to like feed back into someone's story to make them feel understood. And sometimes it's just listening. And um, I've learned that so much with podcasting. It's taught me patience and presence. And it's something that I've struggled with. I'm not amazing at, but it's something I'm learning. And that's one thing that on my journey, I'm hoping to like be better with. So oh, you're do- uh, I'll tell you right now, yeah. you're doing great. Thank you're you. You're doing well, great. You, I'm really happy that I can provide a safe enough space for someone to share. So thank you. And I'm really excited to continue watching your journey because it's fucking epic and you're going to be incredible. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we bounced out of here? <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> thanks for thanks for having me again and yeah it's it's okay to be selfish it's okay to take time to yourself if anything that's the one thing i encourage just take time to yourself especially and there's no i think the most important thing is when you take time to yourself there's no expiration Mm -hmm. yeah don't put a time time. limit just be in it be present (laughs) stay present what? I want to say it so badly. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say thanks for just me. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, only you two can fill in that blank line. I gotta go. Uh, okay, we gotta go. Well, <laughs> I don't even know what to say now. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Oh, that ending's gonna be epic. Oh, that was.